1: Hello and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast for all your Black Mirror needs. My name's Sitchandrika and I'll be your host. (laughs) Today we'll be talking about the season three episode, Playtest. I have two guests with me to take me through this episode. On my left we have...
2: James Ide, I'm a writer and garbage person for The Mirror.
1: Okay, there we go. On my And James has pictures occasionally. Yes,
2: pictures. I, I am a picture person as well. Yeah.
1: And on my right we have...
0: I am JC Sutton. I'm an assistant community manager for The Mirror and, appropriately enough, uh, an occasional video games writer the website as well.
1: You're Yeah, you're both gamers. You both like a game. <laughs> yes. A video, yes. Game.
0: Like video game. We like a video game. We like the game. Yeah. Yeah,
1: good. <laughs> so, was this a typical Black Mirror episode?
0: Not exactly. I think it was very much... Uh, it adhered to a lot of horror movie tropes, kind of straightforward ones, and subverted them as well. And but while it seemed aware of them, didn't it? Yeah, like exceptionally aware. There are some points where, I mean, obviously it starts off like a classic horror movie. Um, it's set in a haunted mansion, and there's kind of classic monsters. And at one point, Cooper is keenly aware that it's like very much. There's lots of tropes when he mm-hmm. enters the cupboard, and he goes, "Oh, there's going to be a monster behind it," and there sort of is, and he kind of does that. But it also it is. A very classic horror movie like Hostel, where like there's a someone gets seduced by someone. He's a very vulnerable American abroad, and he gets scared by monsters. And what's great about it is that we get scared as well, even though we know it's fake. Mm. We also I find it quite scary the the bit with the spider. We we know it's a simulation. We're another level removed from it. We're the audience, and we have that extra barrier between us. But yet we're still scared by it. So what's it like for him? So it's a very strange episode, but not not a typical one.
2: Mm. I wouldn't say it's a typical one either. I mean, um, it, it seemed less, even though the tech was a large part of it, it seemed more about s- the subliminal things he wasn't dealing with and like it was more about an emotional kind of... you know, I don't want to say journey. I really don't want to say journey, but I've just said it, so journey.
1: <laughs> it's okay to have an emotional journey. Can I just put in, as an aside, there mm. was a scary monster behind the door to this sound booth when I walked in, <laughs> jumped out and tried to frighten me to get me in the mood.
0: Very this. hairy. But suspiciously handsome as well.
1: You know. <laughs> so I'm sufficiently terrified in this room. Um, so, are you both Black Mirror fans? Have you kind of both watched all of it or most of most of it?
2: Yeah, huge uh, Black Mirror. I can only speak for myself. Um, huge Black Mirror fan. Uh, big Charlie Brooker fan as well. Obviously, loved Dead Set. Loved. I used to love his work, even on a uh, PC Zone back in the day when he was uh, games. Writer, I used to really dig that stuff,
0: so, yeah.
1: A bit of Dead Set knowledge could come in useful, because oh, it's yes. got Dead Set 5, hasn't it? Uh,
0: I'm a big fan of the show, but I have yet to watch any of the new series, which is Series 4, right? Yeah, I know, I've... I've had a lot going on I've recently had a child which obviously eats into my free time so I've been watching bits and boxes I'm blaming Did a baby it come out of you? I'm blaming a baby for my shortcomings So uh... <laughs> shout
1: out to Isaac he's a very strong yeah. baby oh, yeah. already standing up which is yeah
0: when you listen to this in a few years Isaac uh please accept my apologies for blaming you for not being able to watch a tv show yeah. I wouldn't
1: give him a few years. A couple of minutes, he'll be walking through the door. That's
0: true. Yeah, it's <laughs> Father, very... what are you saying? He's an
1: advanced lad. <laughs> He's very impressive. So, um, so we're kind of, we, we're keen. We've watched quite a bit of Black Mirror, and we have some gamers in the room. What do we think of Cooper as a character? He goes through a lot of a lot of things in this episode.
0: Yeah, he. There's a big reference to gaming He's straight away with Cooper because his surname Redfield is the name of a famous character from Resident Evil um, and it, Resident Evil I think is the big reference here that obviously you've got a, yeah. a big mansion and spooky things happening and in there monsters and monsters and... And, and things like that um, and I think there's a big part of pushing the boundaries of gaming, what it does to people, the visceral reactions that people get and obviously as technology improves and people get more accustomed to special effects and, and graphics, the limits we then have to go to to achieve the same reactions. Even the um, the big developer, Sh- uh, show Saitu? Saitu right? Game. Yeah, Game. The, the dude talks about um, pushing, getting adrenaline out of people and pushing people to the limits. Mm. And that's what well, I think we look at now with VR and, and AR. Yeah. That now you know, nowadays, something that would be scary back in the day, a horror game, like the first Resident <laughs> Evil... Might be been terrifying back in the day, but now it's quite blocky. i came
2: scared But yeah, I mean, when I was a, a kid, but now it's laughable. Yeah. I mean, even the yeah. the dialogue and the cutscenes is so clunky, and oh, I can't yeah. believe I ever found
0: that scary. And now we're on the we we're on Resident Evil Seven, and like they've released that in VR now. You can play that in VR. I'd
2: say the tech has really brought back things like uh, horror games. I mean, like yeah. I was never I was into them, but I loved Resident Evil games, but. Didn't really play any of the others, but VR and AR, as you said, like have really given it new life. And I think that's another thing that they kind of talk about in this: the, the technology that they develop kind of really takes that horror genre, the survival horror genre, to the next level and like really, really pushes it past
0: like what a human being can take. Yeah, I mean, who knows in ten, fifteen years' time what it will be like. And I mean, that it also made me think of uh, the movie Existence, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. because that also is. It's about video games that put you in there like immediately like your all your physical sensations are kind of tied in to the game itself. There's obviously you jack yourself in in the back of the neck, mm-hmm. um, and like you say, who knows in a few years time what what the video game will be. Like. Also about questioning reality, uh, existence
2: because yeah. he, he does that at certain points. You know, that it, again, not to give too much away, but the kind of am I out of the game now or am I still in? And that's very relevant, especially to the end of this
0: episode. Yeah. I was—I really liked the the way that episode ended. I think um, it's quite nice to have something bleak still, because <laughs> I mean, Black Mirror is fantastic, and it's uh, up until kind of the later episodes, it had built itself on being a sort of quite bleak and upfront and honest thing, and being quite—I think quintessentially British at that point as well. Mm. And as time's gone on, there've been a few more episodes that have ended on a more upbeat note, but it's nice to have it to have the rug swept on, from underneath you, you know, as. Yeah, in that way. I kind of liked how the ending
2: uh, really brought me back to the old Twilight Zone episodes, you know, like um, where they just suddenly go, ah, oh, oh, this is Planet of the Apes, but oh, it was Earth all along. You know, those type of endings where it was like, ah, oh, you know, it was doomed anyway, you know. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah,
0: and again, just how it essentially boiled down to him not calling his mother, and also basically he ignored... The big two warnings of the episode are to turn off your electronic devices yep. and As to call your mum. I've,
1: I've asked you both in this room, so I hope you have. There we go. See, <laughs> What do we think actually happened in the end? Do we think Cooper Redfield ooh. dies in the end?
0: This is a juicy one. Mm. Yeah, because it lays
2: so many little points, doesn't it? And Reddit
1: has some good theories. Um, I've been reading Reddit. Oh, what did it say? Well, some Redditors think that... Um, he's still alive the ai is messing with his mind
2: so he's permanently locked in
1: he might be yeah so you know there's a bit where they make you go upstairs to like the access point and then katie's in his ear saying yeah. you know we'll help you you said you're safe but then once he gets up there she's like when she turns even in his ear it's so scary because like yeah. even katie's turned on him and
2: that's a wicked thing that reminded me so much of i used to be really into the silent hill games me going oh i was kind of into horror games no silent hill was amazing and one of the things i used to do in silent hill especially Hill uh, for the room they used to establish. like In between missions, you used to go back to your room, your apartment, which was trapped in, and that was always your safe place. Nothing ever attacked you there. You could see people getting murdered and horrible things happening around you. You couldn't really interact with them. They couldn't hurt you. Um, and it was quite unnerving. And then right later in the game, things do start attacking you in the apartment and that just was too much for me. I was like, this is the safe space Um and that's what like that reminded me of because very much like they set out these rules they've established, these things can't hurt you and I'm here to help you and to talk to you. And then they instantly turn it on its head like, Oh no, no, he totally gets hurt and I am not helping anymore or is it even is it even, is no, it even Katie?
1: Real, yeah, it's Katie even real.
0: Fatey. F- no, faky. There we go. That was awesome. faky fakey so, Katie. Yeah, because for me personally the Last thirty-seven minutes of that episode do not happen. Yeah, they that it's all from from the moment he's in the chair and his phone goes off the first time, and she goes, "Oh, I thought I turned it off." That's you
2: that's where that's it, the it point ends where because,
0: it's and I mean, people have probably spotted this already, but they make a very specific point in the episode of announcing the time when it and how many how much time has elapsed, and. When they begin the test in the white room, it is 5.38, precisely. She says it out loud, and it's also on the clock. And then he gets jacked in, and he starts playing with the gopher groundhog, and it is 5.40 on the clock. It's moved forward. That
1: might be a continuity error.
0: No, 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 no. It's, this is all part, this all ties in. It's all part of his plan. Yeah, and then it switches to a shot of a CCTV camera where it says 17.40, 5.40. And then, right at the end of the episode, where mum's phone is ringing, it is 5.38. It is, yes. And she says, when she's typing in the report, she says like only like four seconds or 0.4 seconds have elapsed. And that's how that's one of the things that speaks to how, from that moment on, because when the phone rings the first time she goes to turn it off, is the same phone call. of when At the end, when the phone's vibrating, it says 5.38. So no time has really passed. And there's also a lot of other differences. I'm going to bore you now because I've made a quick list. This isn't boring. So um, Saito... Um, at the very end, which I believe is real, he's speaking Japanese to Katie. Yes. Um, Who is replying
1: in Japanese. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Whereas when they're in his office testing out the game for the very, very first time, or he goes in and gets kind of jacked in, he's speaking English very, very well. He's also wearing a black hoodie with a white T-shirt, and at the very, very end, he's He's wearing wearing a black jacket and a black T-shirt. So there's, there's a lot of disparities, but I think the time is the big indicator when you go back and watch it that... That is, from the minute that happens, the last 37 minutes, everything is happening. So, KT, from that on, is fake. And Katie is kind of asking questions about whether he saw, well, how, the level of detail he saw with mm. the groundhog. And I, uh, that's the AI, I think, testing him, asking him questions, testing out his psyche. Ooh. There we go. But it, it's the, it, that time frame is very, very important. There's a very specific way that they've done that. I thought it was quite odd how they would constantly state the time. And I kept going back and I checked. And, yeah, there's like a, yeah.
2: I'm quite impressed that moment, by yeah. that, man. So if, if anyone's watching now,
0: go back and watch the episode. And from that moment on, when the phone when the phone goes off for the first time, everything going forward is fake. One thing I
2: absolutely loved about um, that fits in with what you were saying is that the episode, especially past a certain point, seems to follow dream logic. And there's a lot of parallels um, uh, where people talk about, especially in like Christopher Nolan films, that film and TV in general follows dream logic. For example, in The Dark Knight, there's a sequence where um, Ben goes under into a tunnel and it's day, and then when he comes out, it's night, because Batman looks ridiculous during the daytime, even though they break that rule later on. But a lot of films follow these kind of rules that I didn't realise until someone told me, and then I rewatched it. And this episode's very much like that. There are lots of weird little things that change around, but you don't notice... Well, unless you're Eagle Eye JC over there. Um, But, you know, there's lots of things you don't quite notice because the gist is still the same. I thought that was very much like Dream Logic. Even the bits where he's, like, freaking out seem like dream logic even even the monsters even the way things move and like even the way like oh this won't hurt you and then it does it's very much like a dream him trying to scream for help and can't like all just screamed nightmare and dream logic to me i thought it was absolutely amazing so yeah i like think that it could have been the device or or it's in his head like yeah. the device actually did nothing like possibly i don't know
0: It's it's all very very subtle i mean even the the fact that Elvis, at some point there's a giant, there's a small spider and then yep. a big spider with a human face. Then, <laughs> I mean, one of the first things that you see is he's on, he's on the plane watching a movie and there's a giant spider there in the, attacking a building, giant spider. Yep. And then when he's in the game development studio walking around, seeing all the coders, there's a guy wearing a t shirt with, with a, a giant spider, spider on. Yeah. Um, and the fight between him and Sonia, the knife fight, and her skin kind of melts away. In the game studio, there is a poster for a game called Skinned Alive.
2: Um, yeah, and isn't, yeah there's a there's something on the graphic on the wall isn't there there's like some sort
0: of concept yeah. art for it yeah. which is like I think it's a skull yeah. or something and even when he's, he first steps into the lobby and there's a poster and it's got a man's face with the the image of the mansion and there's a, one of the windows is lit up obviously we see that later he on as well references it later yeah. when he looks at the painting yeah. so it's all kind of is it real is it fake is it you know? and of course Sonia's name as well pray tell.
2: it's a reference to um, Mortal Kombat Sonia Blade oh ah, okay so, like, Are we just going to move trading yeah. back and forth? Because oh. uh, there's another bit, which... Um, there's a very, very, like, everyone who plays games must yeah. know there's there's a really iconic scene, and it fits in context-wise as well towards yeah. the end. Yeah, is it would you kindly? It is yes, would you kindly. I really know. wanted to say that to yeah. interest. <laughs> um,
0: well, you should go first, and then you should explain it, I think.
2: Oh, what, yeah. so the reference uh, from Bioshock, yeah. which... Um, oh, I've forgotten the guy's name. Andrew, Andrew Ryan? Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, he uses it... Um, he talks about free will with it as well, and like you're asked to do things, and and uh, he basically you can't resist when he uses the term "would you kindly," but yeah. it's dropped out through the game. Whenever you have a uh, linear decision, yeah. he says "would you kindly," and uh, you don't think anything of it because it makes sense within the period. Um But towards the end of the game, it's you find out it's a method of control. It's used. Oh god, that's a spoiler, isn't it? I've just spoiled Bioshock. It's
0: it's fine. I think there's, <laughs> I think there's a. That, that nod there, I think, speaks to a lot of people. Like most people nowadays have knowledge of video games. A lot yeah. of people have played Bioshock. And it's actually on the shelf in Sonya's apartment mm. as well. Um, there's, Biosho- there's Bioshock 2, there's like Dark Souls, there's Until Dawn, Resident Evil, Revelations, all that. So I think people might have that familiarity with it. And if, to be honest, if you've not played Bioshock now, that game is probably 10 years old. Yeah, I think it is, yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Did we notice what film was on top of those games?
0: Face-off. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very nifty. Yeah. yeah. So that obviously speaks to um Nicholas Cage not being fans. Nicolas Cage fans. Which the, is uh, everyone. We are Legion of Nicolas Cage fans. So Brian's the human race together, really. <laughs> yeah. He's a fan of that crazy, crazy man. Um but yeah, just how things aren't really what they seem, being in someone else's body or someone else's skin. I yeah, think that's that was quite clever. Yeah. It's it's amazing how there's so all these small pieces just fit together mm. and there's all kind of these kind of little hints and little drops of uh Everywhere.
2: Mm. They they tell you quite a lot without needing to have tons of exposition. Like oh, I like these things. Or there's even a bit at the beginning where he's like is leaving his family, and there's just loads of little things like about him leaving surreptitiously, leaving at night, walking past the picture of his like happy family on the wall. And there's doesn't do it through backstory until later on anyway. And there's no flashbacks to anything traumatic. It's just. Just kind of, there's little set pieces that kind of tell you. I really liked that. I thought that was
0: good. I also really liked, and I can't remember, I was talking to Suki to, um, about this a while ago, that uh, obviously White Russell you know, carries the episode. And he has a very famous pedigree in terms of parents, <laughs> um, his father, Kurt Russell. And I remember saying that I felt the, the bleakness of it made me want to rewatch a movie called The Thing, starring Kurt Russell. And if you haven't seen The Thing, at one point, there's a very famous scene where there is a giant spider type monster with a human face. <laughs> yes. And obviously, here we have Kurt Russell's son with a beard, like in the movie, the thing, like his father, with a spider with a human face. I thought it uh, was a very neat touch. I didn't think um, of that. But spiders that's with human faces are the worst. <laughs> they are really are the worst. Yeah, And again,
1: band humanity together. Yes, to Nicolas Cage. No, spiders and human faces. No,
0: if we have to sort, we're going to sort through the piles of things.
2: Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey this podcast for everyone. You know, Even if you're a spider with, with a human face, you know, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. No, hate don't speech. listen to this podcast. Don't, <laughs> don't, do don't listen else. to their hate Hand speech. Hand yourself into the nearest laboratory,
0: please. Like, yeah. I think I dated one of those spiders <laughs> once. Okay, and she's still out there, so you know.
1: <laughs> Yowza! This is this is playtest therapy. <laughs> uh, did we notice one more? So this it is really nice from when. Um, Cooper walks into a sort of gaming laboratory type place. Yeah. There's one more we haven't mentioned. It's the outfit his bully wears, the Victorian oh, outfit, yeah. which is great because it comes up on a screen and so that it, yeah. it's, yeah, and, and so the bully's name's like Josh Peters or something. So yeah. he first turns up as a giant spider and the AI is testing him. He's not scared enough by the, he had, he had an, ah, like, ah, ah. just shock. appears
2: behind He's, he's full body he's before the spider, isn't it? He? Because he's, he's just the model. And he's wearing was he before
1: like, or after spider. I think
2: spider was after that, because the spider was the merging of
1: So then the AI decided, right, yeah, well, he... you're a bit scared by this and a bit scared by this. What well, it's it, it's a series of tests. It's just yeah, so yeah. um imaginatively fun to watch, but yeah. the whole time he's being tested. And so the Reddit theory is that the AI keeps testing him to see how far he'll go. And then the bit where he goes up to the room at the end, and they say, Katie says, oh, we wanted to see if you'd obey us without yeah, if any just, questions. And, yeah. you you've know, got to that point now. The AI has convinced him by the end that he's dead, but he isn't actually because... Or that the, he
2: has no free will. Yes, mm. something
1: where he's not human anymore. Mm. Because that last scene, you you've, um, JC's pointed out that Saito's not wearing something different. He's only speaking Japanese. Katie's speaking back Japanese. And when she feels in this form and it's only like three things, like time of crash, which could be a plane crash mm. or a software crash. And um, that form, that form, some redditors think, could be what Cooper imagines... A form like that would be because it's too simplified mm. for what that form should be, and also they seem to not care. They seem to be like, chuck him out with the other bodies, and he's already, he's already worried about that in the, in the room, in the access point. And again, he's like, It won't matter if I die, and it seems unlikely that any real human being...
2: He also thinks ill of them. Anyway, he even jokes about it. He even says, oh, is this to harvest my kidneys? When He's filling out the form.
1: Yeah, he's uncomfortable. He's scared. Mm. He's he's not in a great place emotionally as a whole. And then putting himself in these situations isn't smart.
2: There's a great thing about um, Cooper's fear. So um, Cooper throughout the whole thing shows quite a level of bravado partially because of the type of character he is and he's like it's said several times about him being a thrill seeker and stuff but even like the first one of the first scenes is him on the plane watching the spider film and he just kind of sniggers at it and laughs like spiders but we know he's afraid of them and like uh even when katie's testing him and saying oh what are you seeing or he he always kind of goes "Ha ha, yeah you got me but that's what great actor he is because he's pretending to be a guy who's not scared but he's scared and like the whole time he's like oh yeah nice try with that that totally didn't work but with the fear in his voice it's so interesting and he just doesn't want to show any
0: well there's even a bit that follows directly on from that where cooper as he's entering the white room or crossing the threshold for the first time and katie's talking about we need your phone gotta have your phone and he's like you're paranoid oh you guys are really paranoid and obviously one of the things that consumes cooper later on is complete paranoia yeah like he he really is he's already quite vulnerable but putting a brave face on and then all that just gets completely exposed at a very gradual pace i think and then just mm. there's a big crescendo i think it's uh, it's, but pretty... it's like a proper like horror film or game it's got a
2: nice slow build and then it goes very hard like after that point it's just like bam bam something else something else one thing i thought was really interesting is when he's in the room and um he's got the forms And they leave him. I always thought that was part of a test as well. It felt very, um, this is a weird reference, but very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory-like. Because they ask him to fill out forms, and then they make the mistake of, oh, we forgot one of the forms. And they leave him with his phone. And they leave him with this new piece of tech. Like, I mean, yes, it's in a case, but it's in front of him. It's not even on the other end of the room. It's next to him. They leave him with his phone, and they go, oh, we'll be back in a minute. We're just going to get the other form. There's no way in hell they wouldn't have been prepared had all the forms done at least had cameras on that room because I kept expecting he did have
1: a camera on that room yeah
2: I kept expecting them to go so did you look or, or, or to come back later like yeah you you did this like almost as if all the awful things that happened to him later are punishment for that yeah I thought but difficult. there is
1: CCTV footage of him so is that only in his imagination
2: well
0: yeah exactly because
1: the, the 540 could be his mind the AI same to him but three minutes have passed yeah but in fact 0.04 yeah, seconds so they, there might course. not even, have
0: even been a CCTV camera because that's one of the clues that indicates that, yeah, that it is—it's not really five forty; it's five thirty-eight. I just—it was just it was so <laughs> like full on. There's a big that room is completely white, and they have this big clock that it's you huge. can clearly see the minutes going by. And obviously, the display on the phone five thirty-eight, display on the camera five forty. Yeah, very specific.
1: There's one. There's one way in which that form thing could actually not be about Cooper, but be about the company, which mm-hmm. is that if you don't want someone to read. The real contract which says we will harvest your kidneys <laughs> you say oops we've got a signature page bring another contract in you don't have to read it again just sign no, that's so it could work either boy. way and again that's the Redditors love you guys oh, you've no, so much more good, theories yeah. it could be Cooper being because the thing is with Cooper I think the Sonya the real Sonya storyline is very smart to have that Already, because she is a journalist, is asking him to be a bit sneaky, and I don't think Cooper as a character would take a photo. I don't think he's that kind of person. I don't think he has she it himself. Him, yeah. She's the one who said. She even I- says,
2: "I lead you to. I lead you to this.
1: Yes, yeah she, like, You can make more money. She's like more than for the four pound size, wherever it is on the app. Yeah. So it's." It's her saying, be an investigative journalist, do do the work for that, and you'll get the money. Also
2: played as a thrill as well. Like, oh, you know, this is a really hush-hush thing, this is a big deal, go in. and like Because he, as you said, he he doesn't have an interest. And even as a gamer in this, and he he admits to being a gamer, he seems like a bit of a casual gamer, you know, like, oh, I used to play that, or, oh, yeah, I recognise these characters. There's never a point where he's like, oh, my God, that's from Dark Souls, oh, my God, that, you know, he's not totally, you know, he's not hardcore gamer, but he's definitely a gamer. Sonia's
1: kind of more the real gamer. She is, yeah,
2: which is good. Tech
1: journalist. Yeah. As journalists yourselves, if you were Cooper, would you definitely have picked up that your phone and taken pictures?
0: Well, I'm going to say no because I have I've been <laughs> privy You a and lot your of, ethics. Uh, well, I've signed a lot of NDAs as well, and games companies are very very serious. You haven't signed yet. Okay. And oh, that but is that's the technicality, like, is it? it? Yeah, you'd still get done
2: for it. Like,
1: yeah. Of he he took the picture and sent it to Sonya. Before signing that last
2: page, yeah, I oh no. No,
1: no, no.
0: To be fair, they've opened themselves up to a lawsuit because if the technology destroyed a man, yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's gonna not look good for them in court. But uh, if the technology is so vulnerable to mobile phone signals they would put that room put that phone somewhere else in another room yeah. that blocks signals. Or have There's, a shielded yeah. room,
2: like a like you can get jammers yeah. and uh, Chris
0: Rock had a, a show in the UK recently where they, they asked the audience to put their mobile phones in lockable neoprene cases that once they were locked, they couldn't open them just so they couldn't record anything. And so a games company would just they'd ask you to check your phone somewhere else and have yeah. that put away. He gave so. his
1: whole bag to Rav as soon as he went in the door. Like oh, yeah. they should have added, is your phone in that bag? No. Yes you give your phone to Rav.
0: I thought that guy was a previous subject because I, I, I actually paused. He doesn't react. He doesn't react, and I paused that frame and tried to look on the back of his neck to see if there was a little oh. stuff because he's very much like, you know, I'm, obviously I'm just, I've just done a movement on yeah in, on a podcast here. So, uh, audio, he did a rigid but, movement. He did a very rigid kind of Frankenstein kind of slow walk around and didn't respond verbally. I thought, is that because I feel like I've seen that somewhere before, where yeah. they've like a previous subject that's been lobotomized has been. Yeah, and you yeah, misconstrued it at the time as intimidation, but actually it could just be a head case. Yeah. Like a guy who's just been completely
2: Yeah. Destroyed
1: by it. That's very good. You both did your research for this podcast. <laughs> Only the best research. Do you think in terms of the storytelling where it shows rather than tells, is that is that how a good game works? Because narrative is a very good yeah, very important part of a good game, isn't it?
2: I mean, I don't want to give a blanket uh, yes in, or in your no opinion,
1: in your opinion
2: I mean I think with most games yes I think like some of the best games especially this is weird old retro sort of like snares and Snares games some of the best ones instead of having a tutorial or exposition going oh you need to do this to progress is much better if it's been designed in a way that you do it yourself or it shows you once and then you get tested and you start automatically throwing these things and Nintendo are very good at that with the Mario games. They'll they'll kind of show you something like, Oh, you could did you know you can do this now. And then you'll come to several puzzles where you're doing that move or special type of jump. And they'll mix it up a little bit each time, but just so you equip it and you have it in your arsenal and like you will use it later on. And towards you might not use it again for quite a while but at the end of the game you are guaranteed all the skills you've learned get put into practice and i think that is amazing you're just definitely showing and and like giving you the kind of skills to kind of do it that wasn't quite what you asked i kind of went on a tangent
1: no i think that i think that's about right that if if a character a characters kept coming in and saying next you have to rescue the princess because remember back in 300 mm. years ago like when games do that and they do occasionally that's mm. when people get annoyed, I think.
2: Some some are quite known for it as well, mm, like yeah. giving reminders. I mean, I, we were talking about Resident Evil, and I like the Resident Evil games, and I'm uh, currently playing Resident Evil Revelations. Um, Capcom are kind of known for having cheesy dialogue, and sometimes it's totally intentional and very funny, and sometimes it's not. And they will do things like, I've got to go in there to rescue my sister, you know, and they'll remind you constantly. Like, my sister could be in there. Like, yeah, okay, we, we got it. Like, yeah. I don't care about your sister, dude. <laughs> but yeah. but there are games where instead they will like have something like, for example, um, Majora's Mask, which is one of my absolute favorite games of all time, a Zelda game from the N64. You have the moon crashing into the earth and it's over a three day period, but you can kind of see it slowly coming towards. And that I find is way more menacing than people going, oh, the moon. In fact, what's even more menacing in that game is no one really reacts to their <laughs> incoming death and demise like no one cares most of them are just like oh the festival tomorrow is going to be great you're like can you not see that up there so i think that is a like fantastic example of like just the showing rather than rather than going oh by the way
0: plot point b yeah, yeah. there's a, a great game called uh, eternal darkness sanity's requiem that was on the gamecube and it was a survival horror game and what would happen was, I don't, if I remember correctly, you didn't really have a life meter; you had a sanity meter. Oh yeah. And what would happen was, as the sanity meter decreased, the game itself would begin to mess with you. And it would start off with uh, the screen maybe occasionally becoming distorted, uh, with things not working. And then one of the most famous ones is one of these insanity effects that were called. Was it would uh, load up the Game Cubes memory card screen and make it look like it was deleting your game save <gasps> or that your TV had turned off yeah. or the system had crashed and it was it was messing with you on that sort of level and obviously now people kind of know what it is and expected but back in the day when you didn't know what was happening it would genuinely when that trick hadn't been used yeah, before exactly. Like, yeah um, and exactly and that we've got that and um, the psychomantis boss battle from Metal Gear Solid uh, and for the uninitiated on PlayStation 1. Metal Gear Solid was a boss fight with someone called Psycho Mantis and this boss proclaimed to read your mind the the mind of the character Solid Snake you were playing but he would also read the contents of your memory card and start saying the names of previous Konami games that you had also played and then every so often the screen would black out and he would then predict your moves and be able to unable to defeat him. And again, that's another case of video games sort of reaching out to affect the user, to affect you. So Also using the hardware or ability or whatever tech it has at the
2: time to kind of mess
0: with you. Yeah, and this is what this episode is about. It's about removing the barriers between the game and you and you being t- directly affected by it, like viscerally, which is fantastic.
2: And another theme that pops up a lot in uh, Black Mirror, sorry, as a bit of a side, is like invasive medical procedures. Yes. Like I'm going to put this piece of technology in your body. Don't worry, nothing will go wrong, mostly. <laughs> like, it, it seems to pop up quite a lot. I think we're quite scared of, of technology becoming literally,
0: like you know, put into us. Yeah, it's a little little bit of body horror there, which mm-hmm. is a big deal, you know, and. Uh... And I mean, that we're kind of slowly heading that way. I've seen articles where people have had um, the chips put in yeah, their like arms. RFID chips and they're kind of using their Oyster cards, but it's in their, their forearm or they're mm. p- using Android Pay and stuff like that. And it's who knows what will happen. And you know, once it's in there, and it, uh, Sonia talks about the singularity and the man and machine yeah. becoming one at the beginning, and with you know, generally, sort of, there are benefits and perils to it, and we don't know what they are. Mm. And unfortunately, Cooper is a casualty of that in, in one way shape or form either ethically or on a just logistical basis it's uh, even the most wonder. benign like versions of those
2: technology like the id cards you were saying like they seem fairly like oh how can that be dangerous but when people can track all your movements you've suddenly got an orwellian future you know like so yeah i think all all kind of biotechnology can be quite scary or at least it's used as a point in, in certain sci-fi to kind of go Ooh, we should watch that
0: it's all about not being able to, of, of technology deceiving you, of not being able to trust your own eyes. And that's been explored in other Black Mirror episodes, famously mm. the one, I forget its name, but with the recording, constantly the recording. The entire history Is it Toby Is yeah. that the actor? Yeah, that one, obviously, and, and then a few other ones where you just blow in the, the line between reality and whether, even if something isn't real, In the real world, but if you're experiencing it as if it is real, is it not real? I think, do
2: you,
1: if you feel an emotion in a dream, is that a real emotion?
2: I guess. I guess the emotion can take a while to shake. Like you've had dreams that, well, I've had like nightmares where like awful things have happened. Mm. Woken up and like, oh, thank God the world isn't a Trump apocalypse. Oh, or is it? Uh, Sorry about that one, dude. The world isn't an apocalypse, but the feeling stays with you and it can stay with you the whole day, even though your logical mind is saying, oh, no, no, all those weird things that happened in your dream aren't real and you objectively know it
0: but the emotion can stay with you well there's the cliche of uh, if your partner dreams about you cheating on them they wake up angry at you and i've had i've had this a few times where like i had a dream where you cheated on me well i didn't i just feel angry at you i haven't done anything yeah it's it's that it just bleeds into real life
1: what have games ever been blamed for people taking violent action <laughs> Have it's, they? Exactly. Have they ever? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Can you like, remember a couple of examples? Uh, Grand
2: Theft Auto, most famously. Yeah. Uh, oh, a little while ago, there was... Well, I said a little while ago. I think it was, I'm going to guess, 2013, maybe 15. There was Hatred, that game, the isometric shooter. You basically played a Columbine shooter kind of character. You go out in a trench coat and just murder people, and the game was incredibly graphic and some people thought it was hilarious some people thought it was just a publicity stunt but it was pretty horrific i mean they're just normal people running screaming from you and they you know beg for their lives as you mercilessly kill them the only real objective you have is to kill as many innocent people and cops as you can before they kill you and there's a lot of people saying yeah that inspired some pretty horrific stuff but i mean it's controversy about violence and video games it's been going back since god knows when i mean doom was a On as well.
0: And then before video games, there were video nasties. Yeah. And going forward now, just people posting stuff on social media. There's always something to. Not that either way they don't want to contribute, but there's always something that's being blamed for uh, an uptick in in certain violent behaviors and and aggression. And I mean, don't forget, I mean, human beings as a species, we are pretty terrible. We don't really need an excuse, unfortunately, to kind of hurt each other. It's just a a real shame that, uh, you know, not everyone, some of us are nice, but there's just. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot for people to lose sense and, and be horrible to each other. And you shouldn't. You should all be very lovely to each other.
2: Um,
0: did you notice one of the other uh, parallels in the game? So, between uh,
2: Show Saito, Yeah. The guy. Um, did, did he remind you of anyone in particular? Especially you were talking about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I'm leading you oh, here. Oh, leading me, yeah. Um, yeah, so he reminded uh, me very much of Hido Kojima. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just you know the kind of superstar game director like yeah. you know like oh, I've got this vision and like oh he's a he's a genius kind of thing and, and especially he did like Silent Hill didn't he like PT and stuff yeah. like that so
0: there's like a I very much felt like he was the cliche of a Japanese video game <laughs> like Auteur it's how yeah. you expect it to, to be um, you know the way he's sort of very passionate and very delegated and a little bit intense and full on yeah um, yeah that kind of played straight into that yeah there's obviously a of, kind of a lot of because uh, he comes up comes to Cooper now. with his philosophy doesn't he like, yeah
2: you know about being afraid like well he specifically makes uh, survival horror games mm-hmm. which I'm not a big fan of that genre personally <laughs> it's a bit weird yeah
1: but why does he say he makes them he goes into emotion it
2: makes you feel it makes you feel yeah he gives you adrenaline makes you feel alive
1: yeah well you're like you're amazed you're still alive afterwards and in Cooper's case we're not sure. That
2: sounds quite horrific though if you said that to someone like oh yeah the great thing about scaring the bejubas out of someone is they'll really feel alive afterwards.
1: But then art does that and literature and kind of everything that's not just straightforwardly real life makes you feel something and why I mentioned narrative video games is a bit like graphic novels video games have not been seen as the highest form of No, they've art. seen as low
2: culture for quite yeah, a long time. Yeah, know.
1: and and that's And some people still feel that. And it's actually just it's not a niche culture anymore. It's very mainstream to mm-hmm. be a game. And there's lots of gamers. We have lots of gamers upstairs in our newsroom. And so to keep it in a little box and say it's only this actually is really powerful gaming. And part of the time thing is really interesting. Have you ever lost one, six, ten hours to gaming.
0: Yeah, that's... Be- wow.
1: Well, that's why it makes... Truth it- I've I've, <laughs> lost, I've lost hours to maybe not gaming. The reason I don't like games is because I have a brother who's seven years older than me. So he always won.
2: Oh. Uh... My entire life and
1: childhood, I can't beat my brother who's... Seven years older than me. And he's not like a huge gamer, but he liked his games. He had a little acorn computer in the 80s. Oh he God, I remember, yeah, that. He was, I remember he's good years, at yeah. these things and good on him. And as a kid, I could not beat him. So I don't like that feeling. So I don't play them and maybe I'm missing out. But there is narrative. There are characters. There's a the whole world's built. Yeah. I did an English degree. I read novels. That's what my head was doing. It's doing the same thing. It's not so different, except one is apparently high culture and one is low. Well, well
0: now apparently. games exist as a way to not just have like a... a technical challenge of a challenge of reflexes mm. a lot of games now are purely narrative based they're immersive yeah. as well they're completely and utterly immersive in fact i was going to say there's um when cooper his mum's keeps ringing him and he responds with just one of the automatic yeah, yeah. it's very much reminiscent of a uh, company called telltale and they make a, a lot of <laughs> games where Love, completely yeah, completely narrative focused big story single player and you choose dialogue options Mm. and that's what he's doing essentially he's choosing a dialogue option in a game for him to, to, to respond to what's his what's it mom. called
1: again a, dal- a uh, no, dialogue
0: a so so dialogue so, option
1: so you'll talk
2: to someone and like a little bar will come up with maybe four suggestions yes. so I can say hi JC screw you JC Oh, it's JC. You know, like you get a and then you I get found limited that time. Unusual
1: yeah. on his phone, and I, I paused it to look, and he said, "Sorry, I'm at work," which was yeah. the biggest oh, lie out of all of them. Oh, he could have said, "I'm not free." I didn't see what he said. Blah blah. Said. He said, "I he had to pause it because I was like, which one did he go for?" It was the third one down. He could just say, "I'm not free. I can't talk." I thought he
2: put, "Sorry, I'm busy."
1: He said, "Sorry, I'm at work," which adds yeah. the whole. He, he left without her knowing, yeah.
0: very quietly, tiptoeing. How long do we think he's been away for?
1: Exactly. Because that oh,
0: beard—it depends it, on though? beard growth, obviously, and how it, much testosterone. does
1: whoa let's yes yeah those are my favorite ways of marking time beard yeah. growth testosterone levels it's, it's
0: science what i, bring, I do all I times. the time i'm actually wearing a lab coat now everyone just <laughs> and a beard and a beard and long johns yeah, so, yeah.
1: and his testosterone levels are flashing up on a screen yeah. on, my, on my laptop I'm, I'm, I'm does he not tell someone in the pub like
2: how long he's been
1: it feels like good, a good lo- but also he says
2: when he's going back and i'm sure she says how long have you been away yeah. i'm i Pretty sure no, he I says I'm going home time.
1: next week. He doesn't say how long he's been away. But uh-huh. what I love is that whole beginning is obviously editing. It's it's editing yeah. a programme to, to give a sense of time passing. That's that's what happens when only point four seconds. So yeah. TV and film do that to us as well. They make yeah. us think that time has passed when actually it's the first five minutes of the show but we're meant to have seen him go through it feels like six months eight months a good mm. six, solid six eight months yeah. it's not right, it was like five minutes of the yeah. show and actually 37 minutes is spent on 0. four seconds yeah. so Charlie Brooker's show and, and he does this a lot with the cookies like Christmas all of them put a cookie in dyed it up for six months possibly send it crazy it's a perception of time in Black yeah. Mirror particularly in this episode yeah. the audience at first is not messed with because we're used to that we're used to the trickery of TV and film yeah eight months have gone we don't know it's just the you editing just, you just take it as- He's in London going, How tall is Big Ben? You know, he's everywhere in the world. That's how we experience our friends' travels as well.
2: Funny enough, like when I first, because before I kind of rewatched the episodes, I remembered at the beginning of the episode not liking him. Like, oh, you know, typical tourist, he's kind of brash and he, you know, asks obnoxious questions. And, blah, blah. and then when I rewatched it, I'm like, No, he didn't do any of that. In fact, he was really lovely to a little girl on the plane. Yeah, she's, she's freaking out. And he's like, Imagine it's a roller coaster. And that tells you lots of things about him like shortcut straight away that yeah he's probably a nice guy and it does tell you a little bit like oh he likes roller coasters maybe a thrill seeker ah. I and found him thing.
1: sweet I found him someone who's probably naturally quite sweet but has gone through something very tough and has no way to talk has no idea how mm. to talk about he opens up to Sonia and I think it's, it's important he's speaking to someone who he doesn't have to see again sometimes that's easier yeah. isn't it and and it's actually horrific he's had al- early onset Alzheimer's they were best friends and he's not close to someone we find out his mum might be suicidal. Mm. It's, it's awful. But yeah, he takes a moment from watching his screen to look at the little girl. Notice he's a good reader of people. I, I thought he was very sweet and I felt very sad for him. I was like, he did not deserve what might. We don't know what happened. Yeah. But, <laughs> a bit.
0: but I like. I would like it in my head that it is. The downfall happens simply because he didn't turn off his phone. So it's his fault. It's his fault. But then also, it's a moral story, isn't it? Yeah, but also it's. It's also something completely banal as well. Like, it's it, it, it completely... It's
1: very Charlie Brooker. It's very Charlie Brooker. Yeah, the,
0: the, like, easy. there was no... He wasn't, like, destined. He wasn't, like... It was not a real morality story about, like, this is this guy is, like, a bit unsavoury, and he does mean things, and he gets to come up, and um, it's literally... He just forgot to turn off his phone, and it's something so mundane. And even, like, um, Saito's reaction at the end is, like, just... you know oh, well, let me like, make a note of this, and he kind of walks off. It's all very sort of... It just ends It's completely banal, and it's just completely... It's it's a gut punch. That, I, you know, he, Cuba just becomes disposable, and it's it's only because he was just in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time, and, and, you know, these random events just sort of happened. Well, not random, but, like, he just... We've all left our phone on our desk, you know. We've all had an. Um, or been in the cinema and left your phone on. Bit, yeah. You just put it on silent. On a
1: plane? Have you ever left your phone on, on a plane? Yeah.
0: Well, no, because that could cause an. Yes. Because yeah. yeah, he's perhaps. asked
1: to switch it off on a plane at the start,
2: yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he does.
0: Mm. It's like they, he, he switches. Brooke has taken that and kind of extrapolated and gone, what could actually. <laughs> what's the worst that could yeah. happen? Yeah. I think he looks at every piece of technology,
2: looks at a shaver and goes, what's yeah. the worst that could happen? And then a Black Mirror episode comes out of sentient shavers. Yeah,
0: just chasing Giving it us all Brazilians. Yes. Whoa. And thereby, if we're completely hairless, we then do not survive winters. Yeah. And the, human and the shavers, shavers win. Yeah, Don't let the shavers win. It's only people. hairy people who can The shavers
1: die because they have no hair to shave.
0: Yeah.
1: They cut off their only food source.
2: Yes. Charlie, you can have that one. That's yes. our copy.
1: No, that's our copyright, Charlie. Hands off. <laughs> it's us copyright of the Daily Mirror, actually. Yeah. TM. <laughs> Is it your favourite episode of Black Mirror? If not, tell me which one
0: it is, please. Ooh. I think it's probably not my favourite, but on a rewatch, it's better than I remember. I think I it's went under the radar a bit for me. I think when I first watched it, I was thought it was a very good episode of something. But compared to, a, there are so many standout Black Mirror episodes mm. that I think when there's Stood by those, it can fly under the radar. But watching it back, it's a lot better than I give it credit for. And it's a game which speaks to me on a certain level and it does something quite interesting. And it's also just a flat-out horror movie. Just the the confrontation with Sonya, it is something like out of a lot of horror movies. It's fantastic. It's it's, it's exhilarating. Mm. Um, But I think there are other episodes that are even more subversive, that are even more twisty and turny and... This is, a, this is a good episode but it's a, a very good episode in a series of outstanding episodes that's not to diminish the work of Charlie Brooker or Dan Trachtenberg it's a fantastic episode it's just not my my favourite necessarily I think because there's a lot of CG in it and
2: what is you know, your
0: favourite? it's a tricky one uh, well remember I've only seen the Christmas special and the first three seasons I have to say oh, the Christmas, Christmas right. special is very very good yes it very is yeah. Christmas like, is fantastic yeah, yeah. um given that it is, it's a Christmas special, but it is the opposite of Christmas. It is not feel-good. It is not uplifting. It is the opposite of Santa Claus the movie. That's the spectrum. <laughs> you have Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore on one end and the Black Mirror Christmas special on the other. I have a big soft spot for National Anthem because that is Charlie Brooker setting out his stall. It, And I had heard hints Weirdly and rumours. as well. Yeah, allegedly. Uh but it set out the stool and I'd heard like, rumours about what the episode was about and what it involved but mm-hmm. even seeing it for myself it it feels it takes my breath away because it's so horrible and even rewatching it feels horrible and it just completely represented what the show was going to be going forward it set the tone yeah it's like this show is not messing about there will be no happy ending at the end we do not hold your hand there's no denouement it's just this is a bad thing that is happening that could happen right now you know, tomorrow in five minutes who knows it's yeah national anthem i think speaks yeah. to me
2: um it's actually through the rewatch because i remember when i first watched it I was like yeah it was good it was good through the rewatch i was like actually this is one of my favorites like it was so good the performance and it was so good the technology i thought was relatively believable i liked the little references but not just because oh, you know gamer just i just thought it, they fit within the themes uh, very 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 well um so yeah i'd definitely put that in like my top Three, maybe actually. I don't, yeah, don't ask me what the other ones are, but my favourite one is probably the entire history of you.
1: So that was Playtest. I think we thoroughly analysed that one. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, click all the stars, tell all your friends, um, invent a game that makes other people have to listen to this podcast to finish the game. And uh, yes, goodbye for now.
0: And call your mum. Yeah, call her for me as well.